0: Hi everyone,
1: my name's Monica, and I'm Josh,
0: and we We rate rate ratings, because people have opinions, but
1: there are two sides to every story. back everybody
0: to pre-rate
1: ratings so how are you doing today monica
0: i'm doing all right you know um how are you doing
1: (laughs) you know i'm okay and let me tell you why okay we're gonna go on a little for your information everybody we're speaking to a music professor today so i thought i'd go on a little music themed rant i know so so goofy and nerdy of me but i was on tiktok this morning it always starts off like that you have a good day and then it's like well i was on tiktok this morning and it's like well mm-hmm. it's always a mixed bag but for everybody who doesn't know lord singer of royals
0: mm. green
1: light all these other songs she released a new single i think last week it's called solar power
0: yeah and I it's like very like a few days ago i don't feel like it was like a whole week but i could be yeah wrong. continue i
1: don't know i don't know but you know um it's very beachy very fun very happy and everybody on TikTok. i don't know what i don't know when it became a trend to hate on any major artist's latest single but i guess it's a trend now here's the thing it started with 21 pilots uh and their new album, Scaled and Icy, which I'm gonna be honest with you guys, it's not that good. So that one I can understand. <laughs> I can understand the reviews on that one. But this one, I'm like, y'all, I you know, I hate to defend my New Zealand queen here, but like this song is really good. Like, just because it's not a sad song, does not mean it's not a good song. It's like it's like fans jumped on ship for the melodrama era which is like her second album her best album so far and it's like it's not sad anymore not interested and it's like artists evolve and they change and their music their style their sound changes and also i don't know why people don't like the song because if you look up the song the backing vocals have Claro and Phoebe Bridgers on it.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that. If you don't
1: like this star-studded track, I'm just (laughs) convinced you only like sad music. Right. And so I'm like, I don't know when it became a trend. to hate on every artist's latest single. 21 Pots, I understand. They also had this, like, really bad mislanded misguided joke during the black lives matter movie—that i can understand like 21 pilots slander the tyler joseph slander i understand Mm -hmm. to a t but the lord slander it's like y'all are just making it a trend at this point but i'll i'll jump off my soapbox before Mm -hmm. it gets any more intense than that but Mm -hmm. you know music themed rant aside
0: yeah i wonder because he's like um okay i guess we can segue into we're talking to Kevin Woosley, I think it's Kevin. Kevin That's Woosley. the first question
1: I'm gonna ask. How do you pronounce your last name?
0: Yeah, because I always want to spell it Woolsley, which I'm sure he's he's dealt with before. <laughs> he's
1: been there, been there, done listen, that.
0: Listen, my name—it's a little bit too complicated for people in the South, so I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're talking to Kevin today, and I wonder—since he's like a classical, like a classical man. You know, I feel like he plays piano. That's also not going to be my first question is, what all do you play? Is there multiple instruments? What's your favorite instrument? But I wonder if he does listen to, like, pop music or if he's just, Mm -hmm. like, strict classical.
1: No, that's a really good question because,
0: Uh
1: like, there like, a lot of um, music, I guess, people. I don't want to just say professors cuz students as well they're trained classically but like you go onto their Spotify or their Apple Music and it's like what is this? Like I didn't know you listened to Charlie XCX or Metallica. Like what's going on here? So, I guess before we go too far off the rails here. I feel like we're on a we're on like a hell-themed trolley or something. Oh, so, why are we why would you say we're interviewing professor or doctor Woosley today?
0: Well, number one, I feel like, you know, we've been on like a humanitarian theme. You know, we had a communications teacher, episode one, then English, and you know, music, it just fits into that vibe, you know, of like not to, you know, these are people, we've discussed this, me and you, Josh, before, but there's like a difference between like STEM reviews and like humanitarian reviews, And then just like professors in general. But, you know, let's just keep on that trail. And plus, uh, it's funny because TikTok is involved (laughs) in the reason why I chose this. And we might get into it. We might not because it's a little bit personal. But Kevin does have a TikTok. I forget the act. We will definitely ask him about it because I'm sure he'd be all right with that promo. It's just there's a deeper story behind why he has a TikTok. But. You know, we might get some personal info on him and how his life has changed recently. But, yeah, um, I saw his TikTok. I was very interested, not only in the personal details, but also just, like, he shows himself playing piano and all these different instruments. I was like, man, this is cool, you know? You know, there's all many so many different sites to TikTok, and this is just one of them, you know? And it's just cool that he's, like, a UA professor as well.
1: And I would say, too... Um... With him being a fine arts professor, if you're not a music major, of course. Intro to listening, which is one of the classes he teaches, that's always like a class where if you're, for example, a freshman. I feel like when you're a freshman, you're always trying to get your fine arts credit out of the way. It's like, what's the quickest way for me to get rid of this fine arts credit? And, you know, people either take intro to listening as a filler course, like their senior year, or they take it as like a fine arts credit their freshman year. And so I know, I've seen his name on degree works, like adding and dropping classes. Because um, he teaches a lot of the, well, maybe not a lot of the intro to listening, but I know every almost every semester I see his name under that class. And so with it being... A class that so many non-music majors take as sort of an easy class I think it will be interesting to see what his opinion on all of that is and how he sort of makes it a class for any beginner regardless if they're a music major or not so I think that's another interesting side conversation that may or may not be had but we'll see Everybody grab a quick snack. If you haven't eaten breakfast yet, uh, I don't, but if that's your thing, go for it. And we will be right back with Professor Kevin Woosley.
0: Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. We're here with kevin woosley how are you doing today kevin i'm
2: good i'm good I'm, I'm enjoying a little downtime over the summer which is nice um but i appreciate you all having me on your, your podcast
1: i guess a general question to get started um for those of you who do not know professor woosley um which department do you teach in and how long have you been teaching there
2: uh, that's a great question. So, I'm in the music department officially. Um, I have been on faculty at UA teaching in the music department since 2013, but I, I did my master's and my doctorate at UA as well, which started in 2007. Um, so, with that came, you know, standard, like I was a graduate teaching assistant and I had a few classes I taught. So, technically I've been teaching since about 2008 or so at UA, but officially as faculty since 13, which is a long time ago. Jeez.
0: And how would you describe, like, yourself as, like, a teacher or, you know, just a general person, uh, but specifically yourself and your teaching style?
2: Generally, I mean, I I try to – one of the things I I don't like about some teaching styles, and I I don't have particular people in mind when I say this, is is, um, teachers who show up to the classroom, they simply show up, spit out a bunch of information, and then they leave. Right, so there's really no personal interaction at all. Um, so what I'm a big fan of is is a lot of personal interaction. Right, not saying that you know every student has to be best friends with me because um, I know that not everybody wants to, of course. But um, but I, I like that kind of interaction between um, teacher and student. I, I don't like that barrier that kind of automatically rises between the, the professor and the person in the classroom. So um, so I enjoy getting to know the students a lot. Um, I try to make the class as personal as possible. Um, my a lot of my my teaching philosophy is rooted in, in um, direct application towards people's lives. So whether I'm, I'm teaching very specific music major courses or courses to non music majors, um, no matter what it is, I try to say here's why basically this matters because I know most people go into classes thinking, who cares? You know, why do I have to take this class? So so I try to keep that kind of as my my grounding point for basically everything I communicate. Um, um, so and, and you know and and with that recognizing that teaching is not only about communicating facts and information um, it's about helping people grow to become who they're going to be as adults, especially teaching in college. So sometimes that means not just teaching but mentoring or sometimes um, you know challenging people to, to think critically on various issues and just kind of um, um, promoting that kind of discussion or um, you know or just inviting people just to come and just talk about life you know so it, I feel like it goes well beyond simply standing in front of a bunch of folks and saying, Here's some information. Go take a test on it. See, you know, it goes well beyond that. So, um,
1: yeah. Something that I found interesting was that you teach intro to listening and intro to listening is sort of an infamous fine art credit where if you have a fine art credit, a lot of freshmen and senior students are like, let's get it out of the way. It's pretty laid back. But for you as a professor for Intro to Listening, why should students be interested in taking this particular fine arts course to get their core credits? What makes this course exciting or fun, interesting, engaging, would you say?
2: Sure, sure. Um, Well, for one, everybody, of course, has to have a fine arts credit, right? Um, Which is its own discussion in and of itself. But um, some people might say, well, you know, if I have to choose, music just seems appealing to most people because most people like music in some capacity, right? Um, The concept I like to shoot down about the class is that it is um, either requires you to know something about music coming into it, which it does not. You don't have to have any musical experience to to do fine in the class. Um, And it is not only about classical music. That's the big one. Most people think, oh, I'm just gonna learn about a bunch of music from a bunch of dead guys who don't matter to me whatsoever anymore. Um, Now, do we talk about some music by those guys? Of course we do. but we don't stop there. So um, that the, the whole class, I, I like to gear towards a couple different directions, some of which is simply kind of giving you a, a, a backdrop to um, the music that you might enjoy today. So kind of saying, hey, you like to listen to this, you like to jam out to this group or this style? How did that come into existence? How is that a thing? You know if, if you like rap, if you like country, it didn't just start out of nowhere and we kind of trace those steps back. So um, so as we we do go through like the history of music, sure. Um, but we always kind of do so with one foot in the past. One foot in the present, kind of looking at, okay, how does this thing from back there impact me today? And for us, if this thing from back in the day does not impact us here in 2021, we don't talk about it. Um, We just say, that's great if you're into the history of it, go look it up if you're curious, but we want to talk about things that directly apply. Um, Because the the class is not designed for music majors, so I'm not going to dive into things that only music majors might need to know. Um, I want to give people a backdrop to. the music they enjoy listening to. And even more so, we we uh, we titled the class Introduction to Listening instead of Music Appreciation because we recognize that that overall, at least people in America tend to be pretty bad at listening, like really listening. Um, I know I am, right? And it's, this is even beyond music, just in conversation. You know, you, you greet somebody and five seconds later, they just told you your, their name and you don't even remember what it is, right? It happens to me all the time. Um, and because the art of listening really involves a lot of proactive paying attention to the sound entering your ears, and we tend to just be very passive listeners. We let the sound flow in and out, which is okay, you know, especially with music if it's if you just want to chill out to music, great. But we miss out on a lot of what's going on musically when we're not actually truly listening to it. So, um, and and that's not just about some like Beethoven symphony from hundreds of years ago. I mean, I'm talking about, like even modern day music. There's there's all kinds of layers of music and all kinds of cool stuff happening in it that when we listen to it just casually and we just kind of hear the music, we kind of miss out on the beauty of it really. So one of the draws of the course I feel like is it not only gives you a foundation of um, the music scene we have today and, and some of the, the background to that and why it is and, and why things are popular, but um, it helps you learn how to actually really listen to music and really find more pleasure and more joy and more attachment to music. Um, um, and sometimes, you know, I, and, and this is the, the teacher hopes in me, people might discover more music that they didn't know existed. Um, usually folks leave the class with at least a few new artists of being like, you know what, I'd never heard of these people or I'd never thought about that or I've never listened to this. Now I've got something else for my playlist or some new music to study to or go to sleep to or whatever it might be. So um, so we, we try to keep the class fun. I mean, it's it's a class where most of your assignments involve reading about music and listening to music and watching music. So it can't be too painful of a course, right? <laughs> so...
0: And then this is kind of, you know, a segue into your reviews here. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, what's a typical syllabus day like in your class? And then we'll have like a couple more questions and then we'll move on further. But just start with that syllabus day. Okay, what sure. Yeah, like syllabus day.
2: Everybody loves syllabus day, right? Um, um, so <sighs> syllabus day is, is I mean, it's, it's easy from the teacher's point of view because you don't really have to do a whole lot of prep other than spitting out information supposedly. But I, I've never been a big fan of those days where the first day the teacher shows up, reads the whole syllabus for you, and then says, great, see you next class, because, I mean, we are in college. I do expect most people can read at this point, so um, I usually go in saying, hey, you know, before next week, please read the syllabus, make sure it makes sense, and let me know if any questions, because technically the syllabus is kind of the, uh, the contract in the class between the student and the teacher, so just like any contract, you want to make sure both sides are in full agreement, um, but I... I don't go through and read every detail on a syllabus day. Um, so what I like to do, I like to, to um, um, you know, welcome everybody to the class, give everyone kind of a heads up of here's what the class is going to be like, um, what what basically expectations for the class, um, both what I'll be teaching, my expectations for them. Um, we we dive into some music stuff even on the first day. Um, I like to talk some about um, the very first day, just just briefly, because I like to keep the first day really short. Um, but uh, uh, just. I'll pull out a few examples of music and only play a few seconds of it um, just to help people realize how just a few notes of music can get all these feelings and ideas and thoughts and pictures in your mind triggered. You know, like for example, I'll play the first like couple notes of the Jaws theme and people hear it and they immediately think about, oh, a shark and uh, a movie and all these things or the beginning of Harry Potter or the opening notes of Sweet Home Alabama and all the things that just those few notes can stir up inside of somebody to point out that, hey, music is a pretty powerful thing. Um, so let's dive into why. Let's look at what's going on with this that's making it like that. So, you know, kind of giving a preview of some of the class, you know. Um, so, this day, of course, we do cover some of the, the big syllabi items. You know, I want to make sure everybody knows exactly what the assignments are, where to find them, um, the logistics of setting anything up on like Blackboard or all those fun things that everybody enjoys. Um, you know, just so they know exactly here are all the grades for the whole semester. I'm a very detailed person, so my my whole semester is planned in advance, so the second you get your syllabus, every single assignment, every single class day, every single reading for the entire semester is there, Um, but I try not to go over all of that in class, because I also recognize that the the first day can be really overwhelming, Um, you know, you show up to every class, and all the teachers are saying, here's everything you have to do, everything you have to do, and that, you just feel that weight on your shoulders quickly, so I'm usually like, here are the overall categories, when you're ready, look at the syllabus and you can, you can kind of process it in your own time, you know? So, then um, I, I usually try to tell them a bit about myself. I, I uh, put pictures of my family and my dogs up on the screen, um, just trying to, again, shatter that, that kind of immediate wall that pops up between teacher and, teacher and student and just to, to make it clear that I'm, I'm uh, here for them. I want to know them. I'm cheering them on um, and that I actually care about them as a student. There, I mean, intro to listening has like 400 people in it. So it's easy to feel like a number in the classroom and that's it. But I, you know, I I want them to know that it goes beyond that um, and that they're welcome to reach out or, or seek advice or just come and talk or come drink coffee because I always have too much of that, um, anything like that. So it's, it's a pretty chill day. Uh, I try to get them out um, halfway through the class period if I can anyway, um, just for time to chat with students afterwards as well, so.
0: And then again, before we get into our reviews here, um, I was just curious, this came up in our uh, I don't know, pre-recording, but uh, what instruments do you play and what's your fave?
2: You know? um, what instruments do I play publicly? Um, uh, I mean, piano is my main thing um, by far. So uh, I was trained, um, I, I started playing piano when I was 11. Um, um, so play, you know, all kinds of stuff through that. Um, trained classically, of course, because that's how most things go in college, but I've I played with a lot of jazz ensembles. I play at my church, um, you know, play pop stuff, rock stuff. Um, things like that. So piano is my main go-to. Um, um, I, I love like improv on the piano and things like that. Um, I, I can dabble around with drums. I played clarinet and saxophone a little in undergrad. I feel like a couple of months just because I took a class on it. Um, I have a banjo. I can play Ooh. like three things on that. Um, so I mean I, I can get around on some other instruments but I'm not sure if anybody wants to hear me play anything other than, um, than the piano. Um, I, I, you know, I've got keyboards and synthesizers and the little melodical thing, which looks like a keyboard that you blow into, you know, it's like harmonica piano. Um, so, awkward things like that, but piano is definitely my, my uh, go-to instrument.
0: Well, all right, Josh, do you want to take it from here?
1: Sure. Shifting into the, rev- the reviews, one thing I wanted to point out is on your Rate right, My Professor page, there are 152 reviews over 11 years which that i think that's the most monica have you seen any more than 152 because i don't know if i have
0: i think the only person because i after you said that i I immediately had like a picture of a douglas
2: he's a buddy of mine yeah he's a there was an article I don't know where it came out a few years ago about about his rape my professor things and because yeah. it just explodes on there i don't know what he does to his class but
0: uh he does criminology <laughs> yeah you know? oh yeah yeah but I, I mean
2: just he's he's a very good teacher um and, and it's very good at what he does so yeah
0: yeah so i think he's like literally the only one it's funny how you guys are friends and you both i think have the most like rape my professors from alabama and i think
2: doug them. might have some of the most out of like most professors, on my professors in general, which is kind of crazy. So we have like a celebrity here at UA.
0: I think it's also interesting before we get off topic is that you do have 152 reviews, but your overall score is a 4.8 out of five, which is like,
1: I don't know. 9.6 out of 10, 96%. And then 100% would take you again. And there are bad review, rebu- bad, there are poor reviews on here. Sure. So and they would still take you again i guess 100 percent, which is very interesting. maybe they just
2: pushed the wrong button i don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna start all the way back in 2010
2: oh wow all right give me when i was let's see 2010 i was still technically in grad school when i was teaching those um so, so this will be fun we've changed the course so much since then like it's insane um, um all in good ways some of which are based off of reviews we've gotten actually just um, over years of seeing what, what works and what doesn't work
0: well actually um, sorry i keep we keep segueing but have you ever read your raid my professor before
2: i, or- I have on occasion um i, I mean I, I don't like i look at it constantly um, um a lot of my my students at the school of music because we, we're like a family there they often they often look at them for me i guess or not that i request that but they just look at them and then Pointed it out to me or tell me about them or anything like that. So I, I look at them on occasion just to make sure there's not something that's just blatantly wrong, I guess, um, you know, because I, I want people to, I mean, grade map professor isn't the most accurate thing, you know, ever, but it can be useful, you know, and I, and I want people to get accurate information. Um, so, um, you know, so if there's anything, I've never discovered anything that somebody puts on there that's just completely wrong, but if they did, you know, so I look at it on occasion, I suppose.
0: All right, and
1: now Josh, you can take it away. (laughs) No problem, (laughs) no, you're good. January, 2010, this is Intro to Listening. Okay. Five out of five, it goes, Mr. Woosley's first name should be awesome, period. Uh This class is great. It's not like music appreciation, trumpets, Mozart, blah, blah, blah. It's actually very interesting. Not to mention it is a very easy class, I made it to most of the classes, 8 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Extra credit is given many times, but the real gift is learning the history of music. Rock on. And the first thing I want to hear from you is a critique, not really a critique, but something students don't look forward to is having a class at 8 a.m. So why teach a class at 8 a.m.? Is it more so scheduling reasons or is it a preference? Why would you choose to take a class at eight AM?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's it's all scheduling. Um, it's you know, it's a big class. So we we uh, how things work at university is that any big class you kind of they put out the request and say, Who needs a big classroom? And you all put your name in the hat essentially and depending on who when you submit it, who submits it, your rankings, all this stuff is kind of based off of what times and where you get placed. So I've never selected the times for my classes. Not until recently have I been given that authority. I guess um, so. Especially back then, I was. A, I, I'm over the intro to listening area now, but I was not then. Um, so I, it was just the course I was assigned, you know, and, and a lot of them were at eight a.m. Um, so, which meant from the teacher point of view, I had to think, okay, I got to be a little, a little extra, I guess, a little overly excited, um, not to the point of being annoying for anybody who's not a morning person, but just. It's 8 a.m you know um, a lot of people are gonna be exhausted so it's like how can I keep folks engaged you know at that time of the morning I, I love the morning so it's fine for me but um, we, we don't we don't schedule too many classes at 8 a.m anymore uh, just because I know that college students don't love that um, because college life happens so late in the day so I'd rather them be fresh when they come into the classroom but you got to work with what you got
1: and this next review is from 2015. It's May okay. 2015, and I was wondering what this class
2: is, so if you could. It's MUA 122. Okay, sure. That That is um, one of our uh, we call them class piano here at the university, um, so it's a, it's a music major course. It's a lot smaller, only 16 people in those classes. Each music major, or most music majors are required to learn how to play piano before they graduate, um, so that's Aside from intro to listening, that's kind of my, my other main area that I'm over is teaching all the non-piano music majors how to play piano. So that there's four levels of that class, and MEOA 122 is the second level. So that would generally be um, second semester freshman year for most of the people in that class. This is a five out of five. It
1: goes, Dr. Woosley is the best teacher at the University of Alabama, in my opinion. He is fun and makes class worth it. He will always help with anything you need, whether it's a question about class, a ride across campus, or a talk about your life. He is the best, and if you have the chance to take his class, do it, in all caps. And a question I wanted to ask, because I thought the last portion of the review was very interesting, Um, how dependable would you say you are as a professor in terms of accommodating your students? Because this... They mention answering questions about the course, which I feel like is expected with professors you take, but rides across campus, talking about your life, like personal experiences. This review in a way makes it seem like you're a very giving professor, even beyond what most would consider to be in a professor. How dependable
2: would you say you are with students? Um, it's, it's weird to, to, to have to, t- to talk about that actually. Um, I mean, I, I would say quite dependable, I guess. Um, I I don't know. I don't want that to come across as like, like stuck up about it or anything. Um, but I mean, I, I feel like my role at the university is, you know, to to, to teach them to become better students and people and musicians and whatnot, but it's, it's just to help them in life and, and help them. I mean, college is tough, you know? Um, and then sometimes other terrible things happen while you're in school and that just makes it even worse. And so, I mean, um, a lot of them are away from home, so they, they don't really have that kind of community, if, if that community existed for them at home. And um, So, I you know, I want to try to be there for the students, um, not saying that I'm trying to be their parent, but, you know, I, I'm happy to kind of substitute for some of those those responsibilities or roles as, as best as I can. So I, I, I try to kind of have an open door policy as much as possible that it's like, hey, you know, if you just need to come and talk, and especially because, uh, you know... Um, with my position, I can really serve as a a pretty good, like neutral party for a lot of things. So it's like, if you have an issue going on at home or, um, in your studio with all of your other musicians of this type, you know, that doesn't affect me directly. I can kind of be that in between that's not, you know, going to seemingly automatically take a side or something. So that, that helps too. But, um, um, but I, I also, you know, to kind of tie it all together, I think when when students can really get to know their teachers, when they, they know that the teachers are there for them, are cheering them on, are willing to help in any way they possibly can just to kind of help them get through this stage of life, I actually think it, it helps the students do better in the classes, too. It gives them some added motivation to, to pay attention, to say, you know, um, whether I'm real interested in the topic or not, um, I'm interested in the teacher, so I'm going to put a little extra effort in just because of, of who's teaching it. i um, not saying that that's, that's why I'm nice to people, it's just so that they'll, they'll you know, Reciprocate in the classroom, but um, but it does help, you know. Um, I, I know for me, when I had teachers that just seemed like they were out to destroy my life, it killed my motivation to learn in the class. Aside from just being terrified of the teacher, um, you know, which doesn't doesn't seem healthy at all. So, um, yeah. So I I mean I I want students to be able to depend on me for things if, if they need help. I want them to feel comfortable with. Um, um, You know, swinging by the office, I I keep, my office is fairly large because I have to have two huge pianos in there. Um, So I keep a bunch of coffee and stuff in there and lots of chairs. So, you know, students know that it's kind of a safe space to come to no matter what you're going through. Um, You know, most likely whatever they're going through won't surprise me. Um, um, So, you know, so if they need to come and and talk about life, talk about coffee or cry for a while or just hide in a corner away from the stress of everything, that's, you know, that's fine. So it's always there, um, always available to them.
1: And on the topic of transportation as the review mentions um accommodating for transportation i know a portion of intro to listening has to do with concert attendance mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. from what we could read from the reviews how did the requirement of attending concerts change during the pandemic and how will will that look any different this fall as it did in the spring or last fall with covid
2: yeah that's a fantastic question um so um once we went on lockdown, I don't, don't, we never officially totally went on lockdown, but once things went down March 2020, um, we obviously, we didn't have in-person live concerts anymore at all. Um, um, so for, um, like our ensembles didn't perform live concerts, nothing like that. So basically we, 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 shifted that assignment. Um, since that time, we haven't shifted it back yet, um, to all online concerts. So we tracked down, um, basically pre-recorded really good concerts from top-notch orchestras and ensembles. And we have a list of about 20 or 25 concerts that the students can actually choose from, um, ranging from like orchestral stuff playing Beethoven or orchestras playing movie music or watching Hamilton the musical or watching an old opera or all, all kinds of stuff. Um, now we, we pick from like, like big name um, companies and music groups um, have purposely recorded these things and put them up on YouTube and stuff so the students don't have to pay for any of it. Um, so they're high quality, they're done by good musicians. So we basically had had the students watch those concerts and then complete their, their assignment and concert reports basically as if they were sitting there in the audience. So, um, and it worked okay. I mean, it, you can't beat like being in a concert live. Like there's something about like seeing it all go down right around you. And I mean, sometimes literally feeling the music, like there's no there's no matching that through YouTube and your, your earbuds or AirPods or anything. Um, but if all goes well, um, we should be back to in-person concerts this fall. Um, so at least that's the plan. You know, when, when UA said that everything's kind of in-person classes are back, that also means our ensembles are back, which um, as far as we know, means concerts can be back and therefore an audience. Now, could that change by the time August rolls around? Of course, you know, that we're, so we're kind of on standby, but we've got, we've got a plan that can handle in-person. We've got a plan that can handle online at the moment. Um, and I know it's, it's probably more convenient for students just to watch it online. Um, but I can guarantee that most of them will enjoy the, the process more if they go live. Plus it's free, and uh, most people haven't ever been in our concert hall in the School of Music. It, it's it's fancy, it holds a thousand people, it's got this multi-million dollar organ in the background that's three stories tall. It's just a cool building to go into, so I don't know, it's a cheap date too, um, if somebody <laughs> needs something like that. So it's, it's great, you know, feel a little high class for the night, so. And now we
0: are going to August of 2015, this okay. is intro to listening, and this is a 3.5 out of 5, it says, Dr. Woosley was probably the coolest professor I had this year, I was told by friends that intro to listening, it was an easy A, and that you never had to go to class, Woosley is young and smart, and doesn't want people to skip his class, therefore he gives pop quizzes some classes, so if you're not there, sucks to suck, <laughs> There are a ton of projects, but I got an A. And so we asked an earlier professor a similar question, but are you flattered when you're seen as like an easy professor, or does the connotation of it uh, kind of upset you?
2: Um, I, it, it, it does not upset me, um, though I feel like there's a part of me that every time I read that I make everything slightly harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think I actually do, but um, no, I mean it's, I, I'm fine with the class being deemed an easy class. You know, I, I don't it's it's a you know it's not a class that's a a class required for specific degrees right so it's it's the blanket class that everybody kind of has to take so because of that it should not be something that consumes somebody's life more than the classes in their specific area you know if you're if you're a chemistry major you shouldn't be spending more time on intro to listening than on organic chem you know um, so I don't, I don't want it to take a lot of time for each people um or each person's week um, so it should take some time short sure. um, but I, I'd rather the class be on the easy side um, and something they can enjoy um, than being an overly stressful class just from the workload. Because um, um, it, it doesn't it doesn't need that much for workload. You know, I can assign a lot of extra stuff, but I mean, for listening, if you do too much listening, you're just you're going to start to zone out, and it's not going to be productive anymore. So I'd rather it be on the easier side, be more of a a, a chill class that so they can actually maybe relax to and. Um, and if anything, that gives people a better, better insight into kind of how a lot of music is anyway. You know, it's, it's not really designed to be this big stressful thing, you know. So because um, um, we'd love, I mean, not that this is the goal, but we'd love when people finish the class to say, you know what, maybe I'll uh, go check out more concerts in the future or go check out more of this music in the future, you know, and that'd be awesome. You know, so, um, so we want the class to be kind of on the relaxed side. So I'm, I'm fine with people saying it's an easy class. It, it doesn't hurt my feelings whatsoever.
1: And moving on to February 2016, this is another intro to listening review, five out of five. Great teacher, great guy, truly cares for his students, offers his time even on things not pertaining to the subject. Oh yeah, comma, and the man can shred on the keys of a piano. Check out his YouTube channel, be amazed and sign up for his class. So what is your YouTube channel and what do you post?
2: Uh, that's, you know, um, it's, I think it's just Kevin Woosley piano. Um, you could probably, it would be enough to find it, I imagine. Um, I post a variety of things. I'm all music focused for the most part. I, I'm, I'm not like a regular YouTube poster. Um, um, I maybe, I've, I've recently gotten on TikTok, um, which is where I put a lot of my music posts now um, um, since November. So maybe I need to take those and put them on YouTube because they've done well on TikTok. I just haven't them to the other stuff. Um, but I, I, uh, uh, I've got a few like um, albums and stuff that I've recorded, so I put those up there. Um, I do a lot of, of um, arranging of music for piano, um, some composing of music. Um, um, so, I mean, for example, like I did, well, speaking of TikTok, I, just a couple months ago, I, I uh, asked people to contribute music ideas to a piece I was writing. I said, okay, give me one idea or a chord or some notes or a feeling or something and then I took all of them and condensed it into a, a 59 second TikTok composition. Um, so it's kind of something fun like that. Um, but my, my go-to, and this is, this is uh, talk about like nerdy, dorky kind of hobby here, is I love, um, I'm, I, despite me being a classical piano trained musician, because um, it shatters people's minds a bit, um, my go-to listening is like classic rock, like 70s and 80s, stuff like that. So I'm a big like ACDC, Queen, Guns N' Roses fan. But what I really love to do is to take music by those bands and arrange it for piano as if it came out um, in like the like late nineteenth century, as if like Rachmaninoff and Chopin and Liszt and all the like the the kind of kings of the piano world, as if they wrote it. Uh, so I kind of merge my my training and the style that I really love to listen to. So like I have one that's that's On Bohemian Rhapsody, and and um, I think I think uh, um, Africa by Toto is, is on my main page at the moment. Um, you know, and then I mean, I just do other um, arrangements. Like I have an arrangement of Dixie light up there. Um, um, I'm I'm big into improvisation, so I do a lot of, have a lot of improvs on there of just you know, uh, you know, this Taylor Swift song came out, so I'll improv on that or an Adele tune or whatever it might be. Um, um, Star Wars, or I love to take songs that sound happy and make them sound sad, or sad sad and make them sound happy, just to kind of see what happens. So so it's kind of varied like that, but it's out there if anybody wants to check it out. So and, and some of the arrangements I, I publish my sheet music for for anybody. likes that side of things and so yeah so it's kind of fun i uh, i always it's always funny to me when students find my youtube channel um not that i'm opposed to it that's great um but it's not like i i sit there in the classroom and just play my own videos every week or anything on the subject
1: of tiktok in particular Mm -hmm. um and how music can sort of bring people together if you didn't mind discussing this um monica and i found through Reddit that you do TikTok live concerts for a family member. What is that all about?
2: Yeah, so um, that's funny that you found it through Reddit. Um, my father um, was a few months ago, recently diagnosed with a certain type of cancer, and, and um, he's got treatment starting up actually this next week. Um, you know, And as with a lot of treatment, um, it's really expensive, um, and he's got kind of a, a newer treatment, which is really promising, and we caught things early, so there's, you know, there's much to be hopeful for. Um, it's just expensive, though, and newer treatment means insurance is a bit flaky if they'll cover any of it. So um, um, so I took to, to social media to kind of to kind of say, hey, you know, we started to go fund me. I've got my Venmo and stuff. But um, but I put on a few concerts on TikTok, just random things, really, just to kind of um, and just say, hey, I'm just here to play music. If you want to listen, great. If you want to chip in a couple bucks while you do, fantastic. If not, no sweat. You know, I, I didn't, didn't want anybody to feel pressure nor guilty about not giving because that's fine, you know, Um um, so, uh, one of them was, I don't even remember what all I played. Um, some, I just kind of took requests. Some, I did like, um, um, improv sight reading through like, um, a Disney songbook I had. Um, and then I just play other like big popular things from, from, uh, um, Downton Abbey and from the Mandalorian and Game of Thrones theme, and just kind of jammed on that. Um, I, I did, a this is not a concert per se. I did a whole broadcast on dad jokes. Um, which I think my incentive was if you guys pay me enough or contribute enough money, you can contribute money to make me shut up. Um, that didn't work as well as I wished it had, but, um, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, and it's actually gone well. We we just, uh, just hit our goal, um, last night actually, um, which is exciting. So, um, so, um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of fun, you know, um, it, you know, I've got enough followers on there that I was like, some people might, might feel led to, to contribute some, so, um, so it's kind of fun, um, nonetheless. But it's a it's a fun, uh, fun platform. One of my my music students um, talked to me into to joining.
0: As we're kind of wrapping up here, you know, I think you know most of the ones we just read were pleasant, but these are just um, a couple of reviews to kind of show and commend how caring you are with some of your students. Uh, these are kind of some reviews that solidify your good character in a way. So uh, these are kind of just rapid fire. Uh, this is from December of twenty seventeen. Uh, These are both intro to listening, by the way. These are both five out of fives. So the first one says, I've never met a teacher that I relate to more than him. He is a good guy and very kind, very helpful, and offers free coffee, tea, hot chocolate to his students. He teaches a very easy and laid back class. And then the next one is from June of 2018. And it says, uh, Dr. W is super caring about his students. At the end of the four week summer mini semester, He sent us a very inspirational email and edited it with, I know your class was only for four short weeks, but I love each one of you and I'm here for you from now on forward. And kind of just, we were wondering, is all this true? Because we want to be signed up immediately. Like uh, it's kind of, I'm not going to say a rarity. Well, it is kind of a rarity to have a teacher so caring and kind of charismatic as you, you know, how does it make you feel kind of, hearing this good report from your students, does it kind of, cause you know, you can just teach a class I imagine and not really think about, or at least some professors might not think about, you know, the impact it has on their students, but to kind of hear these positive stories and feedback from, you know, people that have personally taken your class and have said all this, does it just kind of put everything into perspective? Like, wow, you know, I really did make somebody's, you know, semester or day or what have
2: you. Um, Seeing reviews like that, Um, I mean they of course you know they, they, they make me feel good as a professor um and i mean it it it's nice for me to to kind of get confirmation that um i mean that the, the students have have caught that that um that vibe for me i guess because i'm that that's i want them to um because um, you know I, I i want to be a, a professor that, that cares about the students you know and my my whole teaching philosophy and, and it's kind of modeled through a lot of my, my faith and stuff like that and that that's really a you know i want the students to know that they're loved um because um, cause, um you know, it's, it's, I mean, again, life can be hard sometimes, you know, and sometimes you just need to, to walk it through with people. And, um, um, you know, it's, it's, we have what, 40,000 students at UA something about it, are coming up on that. Uh, it's a massive school, but you can, you know, walk, walk the halls every day and feel completely isolated and alone, you know, obviously, especially in non pandemic times, but, um, you know, so I, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I want students to 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 know that somebody you know on the campus does care for them, you know. And it's like, and sure, I don't know all of my students incredibly well, you know, as as you know, as if they were my best friend, you know, just because there's a lot of them. But um, but that doesn't change um, my ability to to show them love and to reach out and to to, to just to cheer them on um, and to kind of come alongside them and, and um, um, just to say, hey, look, you know, you've got you've got a support team here. Um, Use it, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, that's. That, I'm fine with, with students leaving with that thing because I, I think back to the teachers I had in college, and sure, I remember a lot of what they taught, and and some I apply without even knowing that there's things they taught. But it's really easy to remember what they were like, you know, um, and how they interacted with me and others in the class, and how they responded or didn't respond to things. Um, and sometimes that's what what helps the students grow to be who they're going to be. Because some, college often goes beyond just the material you're learning. Like this is a time that you're really kind of growing into the person you're going to be as an adult. Um, um, and, and you know, and I feel like professors have a, a great opportunity to influence people in the positive for that or the negative technically. Um, but, I, you know, it's easy for a student to leave the room and, and say, you know, I want to be more like that, or I definitely do not ever want to be like that teacher. And I would rather be on the you know, the good model side of that. Um, so yeah, so I I want every student that walks into the classroom to know that they're, they're loved, they're cared for, um, that I am not out to destroy their life. Um, and that, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm here for them and cheering them on and they are, they're part of the family, you know, um, um, and you know, they can, they can reach out and, and embrace that or they don't have to, you know, it's, it's totally up to them, you know, whatever they're comfortable with, but.
1: And finalizing the reviews, this one's from November 2020, three out of five intro to listening, it goes, Kevin Weasley is a good teacher, but I would take someone else if you were just taking this class for a fine arts credit. There are tests once a week, which are easy because the answers are in the book. The lectures are once a week too, and sometimes over an hour long. The lecture responses are also sometimes confusing, other professors are easier, and We had this conversation briefly earlier, but I mean, what is easier than getting an A in the class? I think it goes back to the connection between having an easy or hard class in comparison to the level of work that you do in a class, sort of the expectation not matching the reality. Would you say that's the same case for this review as it was a previous
2: one? I would think so, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's really hard for a student to genuinely say, "Take this other professor because they're easier," if that student hasn't actually taken the class with that other professor, because um, then they're just getting this info from one of their friends, and you know, different people click with different subject matters faster. So their friend might not have to put in as much work, and that's, you know, what, what's funny is, every class has the same amount of tests, the same amount of lecture lengths, the same amount of lecture responses. Like they're they're identical in terms of the assignment load. Um, So you know, it's not like I technically assigned more work than any other professor. Um, You know, every professor designs their lectures differently and communicates them different, Um, and sometimes that doesn't click with people as well, and that's fine. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it comes down to the how do you define an easy class, and then how can you define that for a class you've never actually even taken or a teacher you've never taken? So it's all just you know, opinion from other students, and that's you know, sometimes that's legit, and sometimes it's just not.
0: So I'll take it away uh, with the uh, next one. It's April 2012, and this is, again, I believe, uh, intro to listening, and it is a one uh, out of five. So this is like our first negative one we're tackling here. It says, he makes difficult assessments due each week, and you can't find the answers in the book. You have to watch self-made videos of him speaking. What's the point of going to class? The midterm is pretty difficult. He sends out obnoxious, lengthy emails every week. I know uh, people I know with other teachers have had a much more pleasant music one um, intro to listening experience, basically. Uh, and not to come to the conclusions or like make assumptions or anything. Mm-hmm. But when you read regu- um, negative reviews like this one, do you think that students might be projecting their expectations of what like an easy class should be into? You know, like they just again, they expect intro to listening to be easy. So it's like when there's actual work put into it, it's almost like I was robbed of like my easy A. Right. So it's not again, a reflection on you so much as that um, them and their expectations, I
2: guess. Sure, sure, and, and yeah, I, I agree totally. It's, it's a, um, some folks when they hear easy class, they think literally I signed up for it, I'll get an A, that's all I have to do. Um, I don't really know where that mindset comes from because that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, it's, it, even today, it's not a hard class. It's a 100 level intro, generally freshman course. Like we're, it's not supposed to be like Cal three, you know, um, or anything advanced like that. So, uh, as long as you do the work, you should be fine. Um, yeah, back, back in 2012, I, I was, I remember that actually, um, uh, and I, I've changed so much since then, thankfully. Um, we, uh, we made, um, little videos to go along with the, the weekly readings, basically, um, that kind of, um. Flushed out some of the, the things from the, the chapter that it was about because at, at that point, at that point we might have only been meeting once a week. I can't remember if we were still meeting three times a week or not. Um, so um, it was just they needed you know some of the things in the book at that time, which we we don't use that book anymore. But some of the things in the book were just complicated, um, and you know you only get so much time in the classroom. So instead of just flying through super fast in the classroom, um, we gave them those additional videos to watch, which not all the students were sold on. Um, um, I'm, we've done away with those now because we've just revamped things I and mean, we wrote our own book now. But um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think some students, when they hear easy class, they don't think about still having to do the work for it, but you do still have to do some work. It's not terribly difficult, but you got to do something, right?
0: Um, so, Going into the interview questions now, why do you believe you're such a popular professor? Uh, and kind of a caveat to this, you've been teaching for just over a decade. Uh, How do you believe you've maintained such positive reviews over the years? What about your teaching has stayed the same and what has changed? And do you think that's had any effect on this?
2: That's a good question. Um, Yeah, I mean, so, you know, one of the, you know, just not to recap everything, but, you know, having having students know that the teacher cares about them um, helps a lot. you know, so that uh, I feel like goes a long way um, in terms of like positive reviews. Um, um, and I mean, it also helps me that if, if I've, I can be the mindset of caring about the students, I'm always trying to design things in my class that works for them, not just saying, here's info, here's how I do it, deal with it. It's just saying, you know, can I, can I rework this differently, things like that. So, so basically over the last 10 years and every year we do this, we, we revisit the classes, we revisit the structure, the assignments, and we think, is this still working? Do we need to update things? Um, should we completely do away with something? Should we not? Um, um, all with the mindset of what's gonna be best for the student, you know, because students change. I mean, students now versus students 10 years ago are a lot different. Um, um, so, um, you know, we we uh, we didn't like the direction that the book we once used was going. Um, not that it was bad, it just wasn't how we wanted the class to be, so we scrapped it and we wrote our own textbook for it. Um, you know, things like that, so, um, so I think it's it's a I mean my mindset and this this has gotten better over the years. Not that I, I was great at this early on. Um, it's just always thinking how can I make the class better? How can I make it work better? Um, how can I be more efficient? And how can I make the students more efficient? Because um, I know people are busy. Um, so if there's a faster way they can do work for my class, I want to equip them to do that. Um, because why waste waste time if it can be done a little a little faster and still learn the same, still accomplish the same thing, right? Um, so. Um, yeah and you know and and I, I try to get out of the mindset of being bothered by critical feedback um, um, like I, i'm am a people person, so if anybody has anything negative about me, uh, you know it could keep me up at night kind of a thing. um but I try to shift that to being like, okay, in light of this review, what can I learn from this about me, my teaching style, the class itself, the materials, the assignments, the other teachers, you know, and how can I use that to make things better for future for future students, you know so Um, we often, I haven't done this recently because we've gotten thousands of these, but we often um, even add optional additional assessments for like intro to listening, you know, just saying, hey, if you want to, um, you don't have to, it's culturally anonymous, but tell us what you think about the class specifically or the book specifically. I know they can offer that in like the course reviews, but course reviews often don't like ask for the targeted questions like that. Um, So we really like to say, would you change anything about the book? And if so, what? And then we make the change. It's an ebook. We can make changes pretty easily, things like that. So um, yeah, so just being out of a mindset of, Willingness to change because I, I I've never been a fan of those professors that are like, here's how we've done it since you know 1973, so that's how we're going to do it here in 2021. Um, not not that old professors are bad like that, not at all. But um, I just never want to be so stuck in my ways that I can't be willing to update to find what best fits the student. You know? And one thing I wanted to ask you
1: that's a little less about your teaching style and you as a professor and more of you as an individual, I noticed you've received your bachelor's degree in Birmingham and your master's and doctoral was here in Tuscaloosa. What about Tuscaloosa, you know, has kept you here so long and the University of Alabama, like what has kept you here for so long and what do you love about this community that has led you to start teaching in 07 and actually being a part of faculty in 2013?
2: Sure. So Um, obviously the, the, the teaching gig throughout grad school helped pay for school. So that was a, that was a good incentive right there to, to not have debt from grad school. Um, and then, I mean, you know, the, uh, the, it was really good timing when I was graduating, the doors opened for a few positions in the music department, most of which were things I was already doing anyway. So the, you know, I was basically trained by the department leading up to that those those opportunities so it, it just worked well i gonna mean, still had to go through the interview process and all that stuff of course um um but um you know it's it's uh my wife and i both have have good jobs here um we we enjoy our jobs um like for me in the school of music i i love the community in which i work um the faculty in the building are fantastic we i mean it really is a family atmosphere. Like we talk about the, the music family and the school of music, because people people are there a lot. Like during non-pandemic times, students are there almost every hour of the day. Faculty are there a lot, you know, cause we have classes throughout the day, rehearsals, concerts at night. So we're kind of always there. So it's kind of a second home to a lot of people. And, and that works itself into the community itself um, and the community gets along. Um, and that's not to say that we are lacking any drama whatsoever, cause there's always drama somewhere, especially in the arts, um, but overall, we get along really well Um, and the faculty are are kind and fun and really cool. And and the director of our department is phenomenal. Um, Really easy to work with. I'm very understanding and and always looking for the best interests of the students and the faculty and the staff. So, so overall it's, it's, it's a, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I love. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not like seeking other opportunities. Like I, I love the gig I have now. Um, It's a good working environment. It's a very healthy working environment. Um, And Tuscaloosa in general, I, I I wasn't sold on Tuscaloosa when I first moved here, but we really like it now. We kind of like that it's it's small, but not too small. Um, we like the traffic, which or the lack thereof, really, because we don't really have traffic compared to most everywhere else. So I'm kind of spoiled there. Um, um, I mean, I wouldn't mind if we had a bunch more mountains around, because I'm big into hiking and stuff. But I can't really do anything about that, um, um, and I don't want to change where I work just to be able to get some mountains, um, because I, I like like my gig too much here. So.
1: And just another shout out to UA's music department. What's maybe one thing you get here at Tuscaloosa that you might not get anywhere else?
2: I, I, I think it's a, we've got faculty who are, and I'm not trying to, to promote myself with this, but we've got a lot of faculty here really willing to, you know, kind of go the extra mile to work with students, you know, put in that, that one-on-one effort as needed. Um, you know, we've got good ensembles. the the teachers you know some of the teachers who teach like lessons and stuff um i mean they're they're world-renowned teachers um but can still sit down and just talk to you about music over a cup of coffee you know so um um you know so i mean some of our classes are really hard no doubt um but it just means they, they challenge folks um so and we've got a variety of majors everything from performance degrees to music education to become music teachers to music therapy to combine kind of the medical and music side of things to music business and all, or music administration, all these kind of things. So it's, there's it's quite a lot to do and there's grad school and there's performing opportunities and marching band draws a lot of folks. Cause it's kind of a big, uh, big deal on campus, obviously. Um, uh, we've got opera, uh, you know, all kinds of things. So, um, so, you know, if, if people are listening to this and, 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 um, one a school to check out? We'd welcome them to to come check it out. You know, because because UA is a great place in general overall. There's tons of opportunities, um, and 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 we we like to at least push for those same type of opportunities within the school of music as it applies specifically in the music scene. Um, um, as a kind of welcoming music family, where we're gonna gonna come alongside you, walk you through life, and hopefully equip you to go and rock the music scene in the the whatever chapter comes next. You know.
0: All right. And as we discussed before, there's not really a lot of negative reviews for you specifically on Rape My Professor, which is a good thing on the surface. But that being said, do you believe Rape My Professor is a good platform for students to gauge um, whether to take a professor's class or not?
2: Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, Rape My Professor only shows one side of everything, you know, obviously. So um, it it shouldn't be the only resource somebody goes to, and um, you, you always have to consider the motive behind somebody leaving a review. Because um, um, I mean, sometimes people get on there and they'll, they'll say positive things or they just want to leave feedback for each teacher and that's great. Um, sometimes people feel like, I mean, they didn't do work in a class and they got a bad grade so they want to go and complain about it. Bring My Professor is a great place for that. Um, and if they don't actually say that they didn't do any of the work for the class, then you know they could make some claims that are reflective of the teacher but not <laughs> letting people Realize, oh, it's just because you weren't a very good student, you know. So, so you kind of have to take it each each comment loosely. So, it, it should never be the 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 only research step in um, finding a class. But I, I think you can gather some overall themes, you know. I mean, if, if a professor is just terrible, they're probably going to only have terrible reviews on right, my professor. I and mean, it's not like te- it's not like we as professors can go in there and delete whatever comments we want or anything. I mean, I, I think you can report comments on there, but it, it's that's up to rate my professor to take them down. They only do that if it like probably violates some, some kind of guidelines, whatever. Um, so um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of the overall feel of a class or of a teacher, I think it, it reflects it well. Um, um, SOIs for me uh, tend to, I feel like, give a little more feedback about um, um, things that are working well versus not working well in a class and for the teacher. So they, they're really, SOIs are really useful for me, especially. Um, and I read all of them every semester. Um, uh, I don't know how much access students have to all of that kind of information. So, um, but yeah, right now a professor can say some, word of mouth tells a lot as well. Um, and sometimes you just have to take a chance and jump into a professor because it's the best, best time for your schedule and hope for the best, you know.
1: And sort of caveat to that, we mentioned in the few negative reviews, often, you know, with student expectations, they may make a class seem like it's not as good as it actually is. Like an example we had earlier, having to do with the workload. um, Like the class could be very easy to succeed in if you put in the work, but through the gaze of the student, particularly with what they're writing, it might not come across that way. Do you think in any way that's fair or unfair when professors can't speak from their own experience and their own angle when it's only students talking or do you feel you know this is a student-run conversation let them speak on it since it's their platform to do so
2: yeah I mean I, I think it's fair sure um because in my mind it's it's really no different from students just talking on the quad you know to each other you know it's not like I'm there for those conversations to put my two cents worth in um so I yeah I, I think it's fair um you know, again, as, as, as long as people don't take that as the only and final word on the, the topic, um, you know, so you kind of keep an open mind on it, then totally. It's no different from just having a conversation with somebody who's sitting next to you, you know, on the bus. So.
1: And wrapping things up here, are you looking forward to the fall with fewer restrictions due to COVID? And how will your class look any differently versus the spring, which we sort of talked about that with Concert attendance, but anything else of the sort?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm excited about about fewer restrictions, um, as long as you know we can we can get to that point safely, right? Um, um, which I mean, it's kind of a, a vaccination rate thing, which in and of itself is a big you know a big debate topic, especially here in Alabama. Um, um, I think most people in the School of Music have been vaccinated, which is nice. Um, I, I I'm not a huge fan of online teaching. Um, I know it can be convenient in some circumstances, sure, and, and I'm okay with that, but um, I, I like the in-person, in-class aspect of everything about teaching, you know, I, I, um, I feel like students actually learn better there, um, you know, some people say that you'll get more distracted in the classroom, but everybody gets distracted when on a Zoom class, you know, because you're at home, or you're in your bed, or you've got your phone, whatever, so um, yeah, having that personal um, kind of interaction again, and that's really good preparation for the rest of life anyway. A lot of meetings, you know, happen live and things like that. And, and uh, um, I think it's just healthy for students to be around people like that. So, so yeah, that aspect I'm looking forward to to getting to know students more. Um, concerts, of course, Yeah, like we mentioned. Uh, we as faculty have not been allowed to have anybody in our office since COVID began. Um, that was supposed to kind of be our little bubble where we could close the door, take our mask off and stuff like that. Nobody else could come in there ever which for me is tough because students usually hang out in my office all the time. And like you've read, drink coffee and hot chocolate and make tea or just talk live or do theory homework, whatever. So um, so I'm hoping with all the restriction lifts and stuff that that will be one of the things that, that can be lifted. Um, I mean, my office is huge. So I mean, I can sit in my office and be 15 feet away from, from a student there if I need to be, um, you know, but I, I mean, I've been vaccinated and I think most of the students have, so yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, just, just in order to be able to, to have more people around, to, to be able to get to know people better and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps it up for today. Uh, do, you, do you just have anything you want to add or something you think we missed with talking to you today?
2: I mean, y'all, y'all have been very thorough in covering everything. So, uh, you know, if, if folks listening to this are already UA students, then just know that you go to a phenomenal school and we're glad to have you here. We welcome you and intro to listening anytime you want to, but choose whatever arts class best fits your interests and, um, you know, and, and just, just know that there are teachers out there that, that care about you and are cheering you on. Um, not all of them. Some will come across a little differently, but um, there are ones that do and, and search for them and, um, um, and, and just know that, that um, um, there's, there's people that are here to help you get through college because college can be tough, life can be tough, um, but you don't have to do it alone, and it's a lot more fun to do it with other people involved, so real tied to that.
1: And in case of the listeners who may be rushing on their phones, opening up the TikTok app as this episode ends, what is your TikTok handle?
2: Shout it out. Sure. It's uh, Kevin Woosley Piano. So Kevin, as you spell it, then Woosley is W-O-O-S-L-E-Y. And then piano all strung together. Um, So check it out. It's pretty nerdy. Um, (laughs) Embrace it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, this has been a great conversation and monica and i have really appreciated it
2: yeah well josh monica thanks for having me on the show i I really
1: appreciate it no problem at all have a good day
0: bye have a good rest of your Sunday.
1: all right thanks
2: y'all too (laughs) Um,
0: so josh as we're wrapping up our episode here today we are here to plug our social medias isn't that right
1: We are. We are, in fact, here to plug our social medias. Again, we hope everybody enjoyed this episode with Dr. Kevin Woosley. It was definitely a lot of fun. And I think in spirit of a music-themed episode, Monica, do you have any music recommendations that maybe have just come out or maybe they're an old-time favorite? I've got a couple.
0: Yeah, I have... um... I like the new alien and AJ album. It came out like a month ago. It's still pretty poppin'. I'm going to write a culture pick on it eventually. That was another one that I started in like March, and it's still in my drafts, barely written. But I like the new Ally and AJ. It's called <laughs> A Touch of the Beat, Get You Up on Your Feet, Get You Out, and Then Into the Sun. <laughs> it's a long time.
1: <laughs> it reminds me of this. It reminds me of those old Fallout Boy songs yes. that would be like two whole sentences as song yeah. titles. I love
0: that. Yeah, I love that. I- it's very punk. Yes, but it is a great album. I recommend everyone check it out. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I'm just now getting into the new Girl in Red album because I was debating on going out to see her in Nashville next year. So I was like, oh, let me just take a look at her new album. You know, maybe that'll be a deciding factor. And I really do enjoy it. So I really do. I'm going to be seeing her in Nashville in next March. And then Allie and AJ will also be in Nashville next May. So those are two concerts with two recently uh, released albums that I'm really looking forward to. Because those girls can rock. I'm just saying.
1: (laughs) And just some rapid fire for me before we let you guys go if you like alternative rock if you like things that are a little bit on the slower side a slow burn if you will uk band wolf alice their new album blue weekend came out early june it is amazing there's a storyline to it they're making a film out of through all of their songs as music videos by the time this episode airs it may already be out and i may already be crying about it but blue weekend wolf alice favorite track on their lipstick on the glass check it out if you haven't heard it check it out and if you like k-pop if you're funky like that and you like k-pop music there's a new txt tomorrow x together the chaos chapter freeze new little mini album from them go check that out if you like boy bands
0: So, yeah, we have a Twitter and an Instagram. We
1: rate ratings. at We rate ratings. We We said it at the same time. That's called magic.
0: You owe me a Coke, (laughs) bro.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know. (laughs) I was going to say throwback Thursday to that, but it's Tuesday when we're recording. So that would be lame. But it's at we rate ratings, Um, whichever platform you prefer. Yeah, no periods, no uppercase, no underscores, none of that. No repeating vowels or consonants. Mm -mm. So Instagram, Twitter, whichever platform you prefer. Teachers, business owners, if you would like to DM us, our DMs are open on both platforms. If you would like to come on for an episode, because you think, oh, my Yelp or my my professor reviews are kind of funny, or I'm a little scared to open them. Why don't we both rip the Band-Aid off together and read them together? Or for students and consumers of food or entertainment in the Tuscaloosa area, students who may have classes at UA, if there's a professor that you would like us to talk about that we have not yet touched on, let us know, DM us. If you have any interesting stories, we could have a cute little Reddit moment and read out anonymous stories of said professor before we have them on. Or if students would like to sort of come on and maybe defend a teacher or maybe oppose a teacher through an interview, that would be cool too. We have not done that, but that would be interesting. But yes, Twitter DMs, that would be spicy. That would be spicy. Instagram DMs, Twitter DMs, they're open. So at WeRateRatings, again, no caps, no cap facts, no printer, no periods, no underscores. (laughs) No repeating letters, no no decimals or fractions or anything. It's just we rate ratings. Monica?
0: Yeah, our Twitter, it's important that you guys follow us because, you know, we have a lot of stuff planned coming up. And, you know, you can get the latest updates on what's all happening with our show here, you know.
1: Monica, it was good seeing you this Tuesday or whenever this episode's out.
0: Yeah, well, right now it's Tuesday, so it was great seeing you too, Josh. And I guess this is when we see you. Yeah,
1: this is when we sashay away (laughs) our, our, like, project runway. You're either in or you're out. And we're, you know, we got to go. We got to go. We got things to do, and I'm sure you all do. So have a great time commuting if that's what you're doing, getting some chores done, studying, whatever you might be doing. And we will see you all in the next episode. Yeah, we'll
0: see you next time. Bye, guys. This podcast is a Crimson White production co-hosted by Monica Nakashima and Josh Liberti. The audio editing and mixing was produced by Monica, Josh, and Crimson White culture editor Jeffrey Kelly. The introduction song featured is Stardust by Jay Jen, taken from YouTube channel Audio Library Plus, which offers downloadable free and safe music for content creators without copyright issues.